dairy and sugar are probably the two biggest foods that have been shown to contribute to acne flares and skim milk rather than whole milk. And that's more because of the sugar content in the skim milk. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to this week of Waste Away. And today's guest is Dr. Kira Barr, and she's a dermatologist at the Resilient Health Institute in Washington. And she helps people who struggle to be comfortable in their skin. And she is going to tell us a little bit about her own health journey and tell you all about acne, your skin, and how you can feel more comfortable and confident. So welcome, Dr. Kira. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your, I mean, your skin looks amazing. So did you ever personally have any issues with acne? Um, just the occasional um, zit that was always at the most inopportune time, but I was fortunate that I didn't deal with significant acne, but I had other skin issues that, that caused some challenges for me, for sure. What was the other skin issues that you had? So I um, was born with two birthmarks, uh, one on each side of my face. And um, as a kid, I was bullied for their appearance. And um, for me, I learned quickly that if I got tan, uh, which I was never meant to tan, even though I have dark hair, my dad's a redhead, so I burned. Um, but I tried to mask them. And uh, as a dermatologist, I learned how um, dangerous that actually was. And in fact, had to diagnose myself with melanoma. So not acne, but <clears throat> something a lot more life-threatening. Gotcha. Um, we've been getting a lot of questions on acne and cystic acne lately. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what are the best and worst foods for acne and how does the food you eat directly affect your acne levels and how your gut health directly affects it? Great questions, great questions. And so my answer is going to be, it depends. So there's a lot of information out there, kind of broad sweeping um, generalities that may apply in terms of inflammatory or non-inflammatory food. But I think in this day and age where there's so much information readily available and um, being very dogmatic about things uh, can add a lot of stress and overwhelm to people as they're already feeling stressed and overwhelmed with the appearance of their skin. I think in general, um, dairy and sugar are probably the two biggest foods that have been shown to contribute to acne flares, um, dairy in particular, uh, and skim milk rather than um, whole milk. And that's more because of the sugar content in the skim milk. And what it happens is that it turns on this um, receptor, insulin growth factor one receptor, which stimulates the oil glands and oil is one of the big contributors to acne formation. So oil or your sebum 
um, dead skin cells and bacteria. So um, by stimulating the oil and then and um, contributing to the inflammatory cascade that that ensues. So um, and sugar can do the same thing, stimulates the same uh, receptor. So it's, it's a big kind of inflammatory load. Now, what about sh- sh- what about sheep's milk? Does it do the same exact? That would still count, like or goat's milk? Would that also count, or is it a little bit better? So that's a, another great question. So there are a lot of people who uh, don't tolerate cow's milk very well, but will tolerate sheep and goat's milk. And you know, looking at the whey and the casein and some of the proteins that are in the cow's milk, as well as the hormones, if you're not drinking organic uh, milk and the hormones that, that may or may not um, have impacted the, the cows <laughs> that whose milk you're drinking. So that that very well can make a difference. And as I as I shared it, it's very individual. So broad sweeping uh, foods, dairy and sugar, but not everyone, those won't necessarily be everyone's triggers. What about gluten? Do you see that gluten is also a trigger or not as much as dairy and sugar? So again, it depends. There are some people who are gluten sensitive, gluten intolerant. And so because of Um, the overall um, inflammation that it may cause in someone's body. Acne may be one of the manifestations of that. So we always talk about like the big five that are commonly talked about, corn, soy, dairy, gluten, and sugar are kind of the big ones that, you know, if you're doing just kind of a a broad sweeping elimination, those are usually the first recommended foods or food groups to eliminate. But Again, not everyone will respond. For some people, something that seems as healthy as um, strawberries or something like that, if you have some sort of um, sensitivity, that, that might be your trigger. So again, it's, it's kind of hard to um, be very dogmatic about things. A lot of it is try you know, do it, do it an elimination, but if you're not getting the results and that's where food sensitivity testing to really kind of pin down what your individual um, sensitivities might be. And would you say honey and fruit would count in your, your sugar, or would you say honey and fruit, natural fruit are okay? I think that, you know, fruit would, would be, um, more okay than honey. Some people don't tolerate honey very well. Um, and so um, I think, again, it's a matter of kind of tuning into what your body needs, seeing how you respond to certain foods. Um, we had mentioned, you had mentioned gut health. So it's not just, you, you aren't just what you eat, right? It's what your body can absorb, assimilate, process, what your microbiome can absorb, assimilate, and process, and how it um, deals with the food that you're taking in. And so when there is an imbalance, foods that you might have been able to tolerate previously or would be kind of the party line of, of what's considered healthy, you may not be able to tolerate that. And as a result, um, it manifests as breakouts or skin inflammation or rashes or bloating or you know a whole host of um, symptoms. And how can somebody identify the root cause of their cystic acne? And does sunlight benefit cystic acne? 
So um, that's a great question. And as with most things, there usually isn't just one um, contributing factor. So when we look at cystic acne, certainly there are individuals, you know, if there's a strong family history of cystic acne, there may be a genetic predisposition. Um, looking at diet, just as we talked about, are there things in your diet that could be contributing? So um, looking at taking out as much of the processed foods as we can, eating a nutrient-dense whole foods diet, making sure that you're hydrating enough. Are there products that you're using on your skin or in your household that then are on your hands that could be disrupting your, your skin microbiome and um, contributing to acne flares? Are there certain medications or supplements? There's a really interesting study looking at B12 supplementation having a correlation with, with acne flares. So things that we think may be doing us some good could actually in some individuals be contributing to flares. Um, makeup that you're using, hormone imbalances, right? And then stress. So that's a lot of things that I'm, I'm, I'm sharing, but it's usually not one thing. So you, you kind of go layer by layer and look at your entire um, environment and the soil in which um, you know, you, your, your skin essentially is growing within and, 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 and look to see if there's any contributing factors. And do you think that it's good for your skin to get extractions often? And what's the best way to extract pimples? And can extracting pimples cause more breakouts? So, um, extractions, um, can be quite helpful uh, certainly, you know, when um, we talk about open condones and closed condones, so acne in general is formed in a hair follicle. And when there's dead skin cells and oil production and bacteria, and, and that kind of dilates the hair follicle and, and um, it can, you know, get obstructed. So you may need a little extra help to clean those pores out. It's a matter of how it's being done. So I always suggest, you know, we always talk about uh, don't pick your pimples or pop your pimples yourself because you can cause a lot of additional inflammation. So going to um, a skilled professional like an esthetician or dermatologist do extractions. Um, and so it's not something that needs to be done um, all the time depends on the severity of the acne. Um, some people do go, you know, for a period of time, once a week, once every other week, maybe getting um, facials and doing some gentle exfoliation with peels and such. Um, but just squeezing yourself or using tools that you can buy at Sephora or something, have the potential to cause more damage and inflammation and actually um, potentially secondary infection. Uh, and, and making things worse rather than better. So I would definitely seek out the help of um, a skilled professional. And this is a question I like to ask all my guests is just walk us through a day in the life of yourself. What did you eat yesterday? When did you eat it? And are there certain foods that you are off limits or that you avoid? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have had to, over the last several years, shift my way of eating significantly because what I thought was healthy and all the things that I talked about of like things that, you know, would be healthy for somebody else were actually making me quite ill. And I've had to do food 
sensitivity testing. So I, in general, I practice um, form of intermittent fasting. So um, I will have my black coffee, oftentimes with a little cinnamon, like yesterday morning. Um, and then I usually am eating after I work out, um, probably at 11 or noon. And yesterday was, um, wild caught, um, Alaskan salmon. Cause I'm very fortunate. My husband goes on a fishing trip and he stocks our freezer with, uh, uh, salmon to get those healthy omega threes. I don't like salmon. No, don't. I, I like, I love raw tuna, but that's. I don't, I wish I liked salmon. It's so good for you, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Um, the ways to get uh, omega-3s um, and uh, a green salad. So that's, that's what I had. And then for dinner, we did uh, roasted chicken with butternut squash. Awesome. Well, let's jump right into the listener questions. This is from Taylor in Austin. I've always had oily skin for as long as I can remember. I've literally tried every product out there, and no matter what I do, I can't control it. I heard the reason for this is actually because I have dry skin, and my skin is overcompensating because of the oiliness. Is that true? Do you have any product recommendations, and is there anything I can do to help my oily skin? Taylor in Austin. All right. Well, Taylor in Austin, that's a great question. And first and foremost, um, there's a lot of great products out there, but before you go and spend your money on products, taking a step back and looking at what are your daily skincare habits. And so um, the question would be, you know, how often are you washing your face? A lot of people think that when they have oily skin, they need to like wash and overwash. Uh, <clears throat> and what can happen is that you actually can make the skin a little bit more dry um, and irritated and then your, your skin does kind of overcompensate and and produce some more oil so for those individuals with oily skin using a gentle foaming cleanser twice a day um, maybe three times a day if you're working out but but not more than that um, and also moisturizing your skin i think that people with oily skin think that they can't moisturize because they're going to be making their skin more oily when in fact that isn't true. Choosing um, an oil-free non-comedogenic moisturizer would be um, the, the product type that you'd be going for. But um, your skin actually, you know, just because it's more oily, it's still, you still need to maintain the skin barrier and the integrity of that. So using a moisturizer is, is important and not scrubbing hard too. Um, when you're washing your face, a lot of people think they need to scrub the oil away, but that actually can cause more irritation and actually stimulate more oil production. So we had a girl on our podcast that's recommended that if you have oily skin, that you should actually put oil on your skin, that putting an organic oil on your skin will actually reduce the amount of oil. Do you agree with that? You know, I, I, I personally, I have dry skin, so I actually like oil cleansers. I think it really depends on the individual and the type of oil that's being used. Some, some people with oily skin, especially if um, they have been kind of overwashing and scrubbing and things like that and, or using toner. So um, for the oily skin folks, you know, toning down how much you use the toner because that actually can you know, it's, a, it's an astringent that can strip the skin of natural oils and make the skin feel tight um, and dry. So in those cases, you know, an oil um, cleanser or uh, using 
oil on the skin could be helpful. I think again, it's it's um, there's a lot of experimentation. I, I don't like to be very dogmatic. Um, a lot of it is trying to see how you respond um, and looking at what you've been doing for your skin up up until that point because it could be helpful, but it also yeah. I'm so excited that my second edition book came out and I've added a ton of new content with actual transcripts from a bunch of thin eaters that I interviewed. Go to Amazon or go to ChantelRayWay.com and you'll get a bunch of free gifts when you buy the book. We also have a new video course featuring all the thin eaters coming out. So go to ChantelRayWay.com for more. If you're wanting to take yourself to the next level, everyone needs a coach. Every professional player has a coach. We want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. Now back to the show. All right, this is Caroline in Grand Rapids. When I was younger, I used to have really bad acne. As I got older, I finally gained control of it and now I... It's nowhere as bad as it used to be, but now I have really bad scars. It's so embarrassing, and I always feel like I will hate my skin. What's the best way to treat these scars? So that is a great question, and thankfully, in this day of um, technology, we have a lot of um, lasers uh, that can help. So going to see um, a board-certified dermatologist who... um, has an interest in in scars, chemical peels. Oftentimes it's not just one thing. It is um, the synergy of different modalities put together. So oftentimes you may use a topical retinoid combined with a series of chemical peels with light therapy, um, with resurfacing uh, laser procedures. So again, um, everyone's an individual, depending on the severity of the acne, scarring, subcision sometimes, if it's just um, like a an ice pick scar or something that's a little bit deeper and causes an indentation, we can go in and kind of um, break up the scar tissue. Sometimes filler can be used. So the, the good news is, I know that's a very long-winded answer, and I feel like I've been very long-winded this whole time, but skin is very complex. Um, it's your largest organ. It's an amazing organ. Um, and everyone is going to be individual. And the good news is that there are so many things that can be done. So um, it breaks my heart that um, she's had such a bad experience and, and feels badly. But the great news is there's, there's a lot of things that can be done to help. Mm. Okay, this next one says, recently I've been getting severe acne and I've tried every product and face wash I can find, but nothing is working. I've done a little research about Accutane and Benzoil. Are these good products that I should be looking into? Do you have any recommendations for severe acne? Rebecca in Lexington. Okay, Rebecca, that's another phenomenal question. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people that have similar questions. So before diving into, you know, when I was practicing um, traditional therapy, I'd be like, 100%, we need this medication, this medication. And instead of like, you know, um, just blaming and taming it with, with, with drugs, really looking at what, when you say you've done all the things, what are those things? And have diet and lifestyle factors played how much of, of, of have diet and lifestyle factors played a role in your acne management because that would be one of the first places that I'd want to look um, and the good news is there's probably a lot of room um, 
to to insert some some changes that could be incredibly beneficial. The the downside is it's not a quick fix. So Accutane is an amazing medication. Um, I think um, when all other choices truly are exhausted, it's a five month course. It does require blood work and close monitoring. A lot of people tolerate it well. Some people experience a lot of side effects. So before diving into something that um, requiring that much of a commitment, I really want to explore, you know, diet, sleep, stress, what products you're using. Is there any supplementation that, that could help boost liver support to help clear the toxins, clear the hormones and things like that. So that would be my, um, those are good medications, but that wouldn't necessarily at this point be my first go-to. Okay. And have you seen people that have had bad side effects from, from those? So benzoyl peroxide is a really, uh, um, in general, really well tolerated. I mean, you can get it over the counter. Um, the, the thing to know is that it can be drying. So some people experience dryness and irritation. The other thing, it has um, a bleaching effect. So uh, only use like your the towels that you could care less about or white towels. Don't use your favorite black towels because it will bleach them. So that's really the only downside with um, benzoyl peroxide. But Accutane, um, I have seen, um, you know, Accutane got a bad rap for being associated with depression and suicidal ideation. My personal experience is that the individuals who were dealing with serious acne, they already were depressed. Their self-esteem and their, their self-image was already so low that when they were starting to see improvement with Accutane, their mood improved. Um, the side effects really were skin dryness, irritation, dry lips, sometimes um, night vision because it's a vitamin A derivative. Um, and so you need vitamin A for, um, you know, skin cell turnover, but but too much of a good thing is not always a good thing. Um, joint aches and things like that. But I never saw any um, significant mood changes except for the better. Mm. Okay. Um, this next one is from Dawn in Orlando. I've never been one to use sunscreen until about a year ago when I realized there was a little spot on my nose that looks a little scary. It's a pretty dark spot and it peels pretty often and it gets darker and drier if I'm outside all day. Every time I go out in the sun, I use an SPF of 50 on that spot. I reapply sunscreen if I'm out all day. I haven't been diagnosed with any kind of skin cancer, thankfully, but I wouldn't be too surprised if I eventually do. Is there anything I should be doing to prevent skin cancer? And should I be using a higher SPF with, to help with any damage already done to my skin? Dawn in Orlando. Oh my goodness. Dawn in Orlando, have you really gotten that spot checked out? Please, 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 please do. Because what that sounds like, a spot that, that peels off, it sounds like a precursor to skin cancer called an actinic keratosis, um, which really um, just tells you that you've had a, a significant amount of sun exposure over your lifetime. And the issue is you can see that spot, but it's all that we don't see. Most of the time there's a whole field effect, like your whole, you know, you, your one spot on your nose didn't just get the sun exposure, your whole face did. So mm. I am concerned about long-term risk of skin cancer and wanting to minimize that. So, um, you know, people always talk about SPF being your BFF. And I'm a big proponent that it should be part of your inner circle, but you need some more friends. <laughs> so, so, Wearing sunscreen on a daily basis is important. 
So just like you brush your teeth using moisturizer, this sunscreen in it, 50 is fine. Um, you really aren't going to get more bang for your buck above 50. In fact, the FDA is um, changing uh, the guidelines. The, di the, the difference between the protection you can get 50 of like 97, 98% versus a hundred of, you know, 98, 99. It's a matter of being consistent about putting on on every single day and how much you put on to actually get that full SPF protection. So wearing a hat, a broad brim hat with a three inch brim that'll actually give some shade over your face is key. Wearing sunglasses to protect your eyes and, um, you know, the, the sides of your face is also important. Um, and before you even go outdoors, really filling your plate, building your resilience from the inside out. And that's where eating a whole foods, nutrient dense diet, filling that plate, with the rainbow of fruits, veggies, getting your omega-3s, your vitamin C, your vitamin E, all of that, because that'll help fend off the oxidative stress that you're getting by being exposed to the sun. So first things first, get checked out. Don't don't guess, you know, test, get, get a board certified dermatologist to examine you. Um, and then all the other things, hat, sunglasses. Gotcha. And, you know, we had a girl on our podcast that talked about um, homeopathic sulfur and boiron to help with psoriasis. Have you had any experience with any homeopathic treatments for psoriasis or any other things that help with psoriasis? So um, I am not an expert in homeopathy whatsoever, so I'm not necessarily familiar with that protocol you know, we do use sulfur um, in a lot of treatments for acne. Um, right? There, there are sulfur-based um, medicines that are used. So, so that is not unfamiliar. I think what we're finding now, you know, the gut-skin connection, especially with regards to psoriasis, is um, becoming more and more um, highlighted. And so, the things that you can do is the same for psoriasis, for eczema, or acne is really looking at diet and lifestyle. So with psoriasis in particular, um, potentially an, an elimination diet of sorts for really tuning into to foods that, that may cause flares. So being really mindful of, okay, do I, is, is it gluten, is it dairy, is it sugar, is it corn? processed foods, eating a nutrient-dense uh, whole foods diet, we know that psoriasis is significantly impacted by stress. Mm. So really tuning into, okay, what's happening in your life right now? And there's no way to get rid of stress, but is there, there are always opportunities to reframe it um, and to help manage it. You know, mindfulness, meditation, some exercise, um, really connecting. I think psoriasis can be very isolating skin condition at times because people don't necessarily understand it. They may think it's infectious or, or the individual who has it doesn't feel like they want to be close to somebody else, but really that community and con connection is really important and powerful. Sleep is another huge um, factor that most people don't prioritize, but we know that it helps the body heal, rest and repair and help with stress modification. So those would be some things, not necessarily homeopathy, but a little bit more holistic approach to psoriasis. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to follow you and your work? Yeah. So they can follow me on um, my website, which is um, drkirabar.com. And on Instagram, same thing, at drkirabar. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, and if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantalrayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.